Well, hello. Welcome to the table. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, you're very welcome. The table's set. Grab your drink of choice. Get comfortable because this is Table Conversation and I am Craig Story. Thank you for joining me and getting this far. It's lovely to have you here. So how are you this week? What's been going on? Um, I've started to get a little bit excited and that reason is because things are moving forward and I've started making plans this week and my advice to you if you haven't made any plans for these lockdown release dates and you really need to get your diaries out I've got a lunch date booked for 16th of April the first Friday where we can eat outside again and um, we've had to reschedule because we literally crawled across all the places that we wanted to go to in London and we couldn't find a single reservation on that day. Maybe it's the first Friday, but maybe you're even more organised and you've had this planned for weeks. But now I've even started planning for the dates after we can actually go indoors and eat and drink in the middle of May because it just put me off a little bit. And one of my friends who's got kids was saying that the zoos and kid activity places like that well not just for kids a zoo I, I still enjoy a zoo at my my age but you know it's things are getting booked up which is really good to see because it shows that there's a healthy appetite for getting back out there and returning to some some normality um, but at the same time if you're not the most organized then you're going to get left behind and that was nearly me because like I said I've had to push some things out because I think people are just desperate well a lot of people are desperate to, to get out there again and it's good to finally see and if we quote Boris and I, I said this on social media this week and we use data not dates things are looking really good for us at the moment everything's moved in the right direction and Data, not dates, actually means that we should be bringing some of these things forward, not actually waiting until those points. Whatever reasons there are there, um, I don't know. But yeah, it does get me a little bit frustrated when I think about those things. And I, I aired that on social media this week about how the media can use data to to manipulate how we're feeling and thinking. But have a look at that on, on all my social media. And if you want to get in touch with me there as well, direct messages are open all at I am Craig Story on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You'll see that that video there for a watch. I'm not going to go on any more about it because if you've watched it already, you, you've got my feelings about that. So on the flip side of me getting excited, though, it's also important to point out that one of my friends actually said this week that he's feeling pretty anxious about going out again. And I have talked about that on a previous episode. And it's probably in the midst of me getting really excited and my relief and the the forward planning that I'm I'm going into overdrive of forward planning now if if you're getting in touch with me I'll be getting my diary out and locking in when I'm going to actually see you and I think that is important like I said to point out we're mixed in with the excitement and anticipation there's also some levels of anxiety and uncertainty and I know Another one of my friends who suffered grief, uh, a, a loss during this time, that she's really not looking forward to going back out there because it's kind of like being in that bubble of dealing with what emotions she's having at the moment, then having to return to to some level of normality and going out and seeing people and then so it, I guess it's going to rake up all those emotions again and having conversations with people that she hasn't seen for a long time. So I think we owe it to my friends, to to your friends that are maybe not feeling as excited or um, that level of relief to to widen out the conversation about returning out of lockdown and 
to allow those that are dealing with any devastation that the pandemic has been brought that, that they're included in the conversation as well and we acknowledge how they're feeling I mean it's okay to have different sorts of feelings as well and I've got my own mixture of emotions and I, I feel very excited and I feel um, relief that this thing this pandemic looks like it's coming to an end and the restrictions are coming to an end more importantly but I also get very angry about the the impact that has on our liberties and our freedoms in the long term and just this week we've heard about passports to go to the pub and I don't like any of that you have a choice whether you uh, and again this gets into discussions about whether you're pro-vaccine anti-vaccine whatever you are um i'm i'm not anti-vaccine at all but i i'm anti no choice because i think you have to have some level of freedom and allow people to make those decisions for themselves and it gets me angry when i see things like oh you've got to have a passport to go to the pub or the supermarket it's just completely unnecessary and i think that it's way out of proportion to, to what we need and it's being blown up into something that it shouldn't be and if you are worried about going to a pub you have a choice you don't have to go you can carry on drinking at home or socializing in your garden from next week with your friends so that that I have that kind of mixture of emotion because I get excited but at what cost am I getting excited about what the future looks like and like I said we're all allowed to feel all different sorts of feelings about the upcoming changes and uh, especially those feelings that aren't widely talked about and just there I mean, talking about that anger and frustration at what what kind of levels of freedom. I mean, um, we, we've seen that they're trying to push all of this through about peaceful protests as well. And, and I just think it's so wrong. And there's a reason why pro, people, why governments don't want people to protest because it instills change. And they, they don't like that kind of change. I'm talking about peaceful protests. Of course, I'm not talking about... Um, angry mobs and violence that that's just not wouldn't be my thing at all but I think we we don't all we talk about all the excitement and build-ups to get to the release of it sounds like we've been in prison well in some ways we have I guess but the 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 movement forward we we're all happy to talk about the excitement bits and the positivity about it but some of those subjects aren't widely talked about and we we get so split at the moment it's like every public situation I think since Brexit has been you're either a leaver or a remainer um the last couple of weeks just random example you're either Harry and Meghan or the monarchy you're you're either one thing or the other you're either anti-vax or vaccine everybody just wants to put you into one or two camps and I don't think you can just split into being anxious or excited we're often just forced into that one camp where we can have a whole mixture of emotions because that's what human is being being human is about and it's it's never simple and I think we all have to honor how we're feeling at the time even if it's the complete opposite of of what you're wanting to feel and you just got to accept that that's how you're feeling in that moment and be aware that other people are feeling different around you and have those conversations and you can be anxious and excited you can be lost in that moment yet wanting to move forward and wanting to move on and you can feel sad and then joy in the next moment we're allowed to do all of that and remember as well we're all going to feel pretty tired well we are feeling tired we've we've lived in a year of collective fear and we've got to have that balance of when we do return that we, we don't get burnt out I mean from 
next week when we can meet in gardens of six of people I'm trying to plan every single day I'm probably going to overexhaust myself and burn out quite quickly because I'm I'm just trying to fill a diary of seeing people uh, you know how much I love people and I don't know as with all feelings we've got to express those emotions and be honest with ourselves and ask for help and let others know how you're getting on and just asking for help and letting people know how you're feeling about things and being open about it um, will help. And and on the flip side of that, you've got to be prepared to listen, which is a theme that's been running through the podcast for the last few weeks. So I thought this week we'd mop all of that up and talk about listening. I've got some guests lined up over the next couple of weeks. So I thought, well, let's finish off the theme of listening before we move on to different subjects. And it's a really important one when we're talking about how we're feeling at the moment and linking back to how we feel when we're being apologised to or we're making apologies and we're, we're listening to all of that. So that's what we're talking about this week. Um, and Susie got in touch with a quote from Epictetus and... He's a Greek Stoic philosopher who one of his quotes is, we have two ears and one mouth so we can listen twice as much as we speak. My friends will be laughing as they listen to me quoting that one. As I just said, the last couple of episodes we've talked about listening and I said I'd mop it all up and bring together uh, an episode where we talk solely about listening while I talk and and you listen, funny enough. Um, But... Yeah, so in episode 16, we talked about apologising and how to listen when being apologised to and also um, when you have the feedback from that apology and the person you're apologising to states their case as well. Episode 17, which was just last week, we talked about listening when some of our friends may be struggling through, for whatever reason, we talked about those documentaries with Roman Kemp and Caroline Flack. So yeah, thinking about being open to listening is really important and it may not be the most exciting part of a conversation, but it it's essential if you want to have meaningful connection with another person, isn't it? And we've all probably experienced it um, ourselves when we we don't feel like we're being listened to. And a quote from episode 16 from Harriet Lerner when she said, if only we'd listen with the same passion that we felt when we needed to be heard. And it's true, isn't it? And I hope uh, my friends don't don't laugh because I am well known for talking quite a lot. And I I also think that I do have some some skill of listening. And if you've listened to some of the interviews, you'll have heard that, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit more detail in a moment. But you probably already think that you know how to listen. But this is just about making listening a bit of an art. And it is a bit of a skill and art of listening. And it is, like I said, important if you want to connect with another person and have those meaningful conversations where somebody feels like they're heard. And we know um, this from research. And what I'm going to share with you is based on uh, research, like psychology research, scientific research about how connection works and people are, are being listened to. We can all think back to a time when we felt we've been misunderstood by somebody and somebody hasn't quite got what we're, we're trying to say and how that makes us feel. And I've had it in the last week or so when I've been talking about holidays and um, all the statistics around um, whether it's safe or not to travel again. And some I've got one friend who's very anti-travel. He thinks it's a bad idea um, coming out of lockdown and being able to travel again. And when you have that conversation back with somebody and I, I try and point out the the positives the statistics and um, as a country we're an international travel hub we always have been and a lot of our economy relies on people traveling he just doesn't hear it and 
whether he wants to hear it or not he's not listening so uh, do you correct them I tried or (laughs) do you simply disengage with someone when they're not listening and that's the point that I've got to because I just you know what I switched off to the conversation the connection's gone then there's no point me even trying to um, connect with you if you if you're not going to listen to my point of view and and what I've got to share with with your viewpoint and further down the line it just makes you not want to spend time with those people does it if they don't, if you're not connecting what's the point of getting to together with someone over zoom or over a phone call at the moment or in person when we when we can meet up sometimes taking that defend mode as well if you defend yourself when you're trying to to be heard that can feel really uncomfortable as well regardless of your response to thinking about a time when you've been misunderstood or not heard you probably didn't feel very comfortable with it and flipping that over to when you you feel like you're being understood it's like you almost relax isn't it and you, you breathe slower you want to open up because you you feel more trusting when someone's hearing what you have to say and when you listen in that way that makes the other person feel heard they're more likely to share information with you about how they're feeling especially if it's something that is more serious about what they're experiencing in their life and when you when you are actively listening and being present in that moment and giving that person your full attention what a gift that is to give to someone and you're also more likely to take in the information and you know what you might actually learn and gain something from from the conversation or the information that someone's willing to share with you that or their not just information of statistics but their experiences that they've had in life as well I have to say over this time I really have benefited from talking to some of my neighbours who are older than myself and hearing their experiences of life and it's really helped get through this time because you know when when you've been around for more years you have got more more mileage on the clock haven't you and you've probably seen more along the way that you that you can relate to the same experiences we've had in the past year and one of them actually I'm going to get on the podcast in a couple of weeks to share her story because she's got an incredible background story and so much to, to so much learning to offer us all so one of the first things that they they talk about when you think about listening or try and explore about listening is like the non-verbal communication and when you break down communication and the it's I don't know whether you've heard of this Marpren's law and it's that the elements of personal communication he breaks it down into a percentage where 55% of our personal communication is through body language so this non-verbal communication 38% is our, our voice and tone and just 7% is the actual words that we say that's the importance and we all focus so much on what we're going to say in terms of words but the, there's more to it and the non-verbal means just giving your full attention without speaking and some of the basics when you're listening to someone and I think we've missed out on so much of this this last year when we think about even work meetings we've been doing them through Teams, Zoom, whatever where you've been communicating or with your friends and it, we've missed the the skill of this over the last year so it is worthwhile just touching on and it's about just keeping your body open to the other person so you're you're trying to be relaxed at the same time as giving the person attention and they say if you're sitting leaning forward into the person makes them feel more comfortable rather than slouching back and becoming too relaxed and eye contact is always a good one isn't it and maintaining moderate levels of eye contact you don't want to be staring someone out as they're trying to tell you their their story of of what's been going on 
Yeah, so look at them, but no, like I said, not just in terms of a staring contest. Nothing worse than somebody being distracted as well is so that when you're wanting to be heard and you're trying to tell your experiences, whether that's something positive or something really great that's happened in your life or whether it's something that you're struggling with at the moment, there's nothing worse than somebody looking at their phone or reading something else or saying, oh, hold on a minute, I'll just reply to this message and I'll get back to you. It's just about being in that moment, isn't it? And head nods are a good way of encouraging. Now, I have a really bad habit on the podcast of when I'm interviewing someone across um, the internet and we're, we're, ch- we're chatting recording, I, I go overboard. I do do the nods, but I'm also doing the, mm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it's great when you're in person with someone, but it can be too much. And especially when you're trying to edit it out of a podcast and not have too many of them in it, it takes me hours. But if you listen to some of the, the episodes where I'm chatting, that's one area that I'm trying to improve on. But just the occasional, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, whatever, you, whatever you want to do to to give someone encouragement that you are listening. And did you know, well, you will now, that silent is listen spelt backwards. So you can listen, very, you can't listen very well if you're talking over someone. And if, like I said, if you rearrange the letters of listen, it does spell silent. And it's it's a useful reminder that staying silent while somebody's trying to talk is important. And some of the news journalists could could benefit from that, <laughs> allowing someone to speak. Now, that can be really hard, especially if it's um, someone that's making an apology to you or is stating their case for an apology. Because we, we talked about this, like I said, in episode 16. We When someone says, you've hurt my feelings, we tend to straight away go in our heads to defensiveness and start to build the case of defense of how we're going to get out of it and what are the points that we want to make in our defense. And it's important that we, we give ourselves distance from that defensiveness. So recognizing I'm going into defense mode, so rewind, let me just listen to what's being said. And also by just taking a breath while you're listening and the defensiveness starts in the body. It's that kind of fight or flight mode. The heart rate increases, so our breathing gets shallow. So just taking some nice, slow breaths while you're listening and using any of the breathing techniques that you, you normally prefer. Offering somebody just uninterrupted time to talk, even if it's just for a few minutes, is such a generous gift that we don't often really give each other. And I don't mean keep your mouth shut for hours and hours <laughs> time. And anyone that knows me knows I would find that far too difficult. So I wouldn't be able to encourage you to do that. But just as a, a little test, see how long you can simply listen to somebody without wanting to interrupt. It's a really good way of measuring where you're at with your, your listening skill. And it'll surprise you how much you just want to, to interrupt and interject. And it's something I'm definitely working on. Something else I find difficult is, along with other people, the most difficult part of listening is not talking. And like I said, there's a deep humility in listening because you're focusing on understanding the other person rather than saying everything that comes into your mind. It's a good way of controlling your mind as well. You, Your aim is to understand and help the person who's speaking to you and feel understood. And you can either just reserve the time for speaking until you you need to or that how anything that comes along that was going to help you move to those goals of, of being un, helping them be understood and you understanding the next part of uh, active listening is reflecting and it's hearing and making sure that you're, you're understanding throughout the, the conversation so in reflection you could repeat or rephrase little things that the other person's saying to just make sure that you're, you're getting the right meaning so 
it also communicates to the other person that you've heard rather than saying, I hear you, I get you, I understand. <laughs> you show that you've actually heard them by sharing something back that they said. And it also confirms, like I said, that you've got an accurate understanding of what they're actually saying. So if you are off target or you're not quite getting the point, it gives them an opportunity to correct you especially in some of the conversations we're having at the moment, they're a bit more deeper, a bit more meaningful around mental health, vaccinations, COVID, politics, <laughs> all the all the deeper meaningfuls, all the, the things that are affecting our lives. It helps you clarify that that's where the person's at. And it can be useful if you, you didn't quite understand what point they were making. Example, let's say a friend, maybe me, comes to you and says, you know what, I've just watched the news. I'm so frustrated with the government. They're introducing um, COVID passports for me to just go to the pub the vaccination passports are coming in it's absolutely ridiculous they've denied it so many times that they're going to do this and it's taking away our freedoms I'm sick of it Um, I'm over it Um, I've got no trust left in the government because they've lied about this so many times and they're destroying the hospitality industry and I'm just I've just had enough of it now I mean you could then respond with so you think the government are destroying the hospitality industry and then I could maybe clarify them well we're not exactly destroying it but they're creating massive challenges and then so I would know that you'd you'd heard what I said but I'm just clarifying my exact position and you might be thinking well isn't that just repeating back what he's just said to me well you may think that he's just said that so how can it be helpful for me to say it back and it actually is more awkward for you, the person that's doing the reflecting, the repeating back than it is for would be for me hearing it and and that's supported by a lot of research. And it's, it's that people like having their thoughts and feelings reflected back to them, which tends to be why some people agree with opinions with their friends or family members just for a, a, a peaceful life and to make the other person feel valued. They just go, do you know what? I'm just going to agree with them and repeat back what they're saying. It works in that scenario too, doesn't it? I mean, just don't repeat back <laughs> word for word. I'd, I'd, you'd use fewer words and summarize rather than actually transcribe the whole conversation and just get the nuggets of what they're saying and say it briefly so you're not interrupting the flow and say something that seems meaningful to the other person obviously I was saying something about destroying the hospitality industry so it's pulling out that idea that's at the very heart of of what my complaint was or my my argument was or my point of view was so you could you could even start off as I hear that you what you're saying and it sounds as though you are saying this just to clarify and when it's someone that you're listening to um, and they make an apology to you just or they find try and focus on something you agree on them with and they say even if it's a small percentage you can apologize for that percentage and if there's nothing that the person said that you can agree with then even saying I can appreciate you bringing it up and I'll, I'll have a really good think about it and I'll, I'll come back to you as a, a good point to stand from when someone's making an, an apology to you or stating their case for an apology. And on reflection when someone's stating why you've upset them or how maybe you've hurt their feelings, only listen to understand and trying to discover what you can agree with, not picking that argument apart in your head in that defensive mode. That's really important that you, you don't build yourself up to just launch back up at someone, especially if you want to, to keep that friendship or that relationship ongoing. No one has to be amazing at this. And it's the, the role of reflecting is to help people feel heard. And we know how important it is ourselves to feel heard. And 
by reflecting and saying things back and making sure that we, we understand them, it's more important to just be there and be present than being brilliant at any of this. The final part of listening and active listening is asking open-ended questions. So as you listen to someone, we all know questions pop into your head, don't they? And you want them answered and you it's in your mind at that time. And if you get to this stage of, of life that I'm at, I, I tend things go in and out of my head all the time. So whilst asking questions is very attractive and very appealing, they do have that potential to interrupt the other person's thinking and that then shifts the focus back to your agenda and where you're trying to steer the conversation towards so when you're using questions effectively just keep a few things in mind so always reflect and make sure that the question hasn't already been answered and try and understand the other person helping them feel understood provides a strong foundation and if you haven't communicated that you heard someone then they may not be willing to open up to your question so and when you do ask a question that um, you want to promote more conversation it's better to use those open-ended questions and ones that can't be answered with a simple yes or no so somebody asking me do you think passports for vaccination vaccination passports are a, a good thing which can be answered I can say yes or no to I might ask well how do you think um, going to the pub should work when we've all been vaccinated so I, I can it can promote elaboration and exploration about a topic I'm not, I'm not talking about that just to let you know it's not my whole topic of conversation it's just that there's been a lot of talk about this today so that that's why I'm thinking about it just as in reflecting you want to try and keep your questions simple and try and resist the urge to guide or impress the other person with your elaborate questions and you see that again on some of the the journalists on tv don't they ask like 27 minute long questions because they're, they're just trying to impress with what they know about something and one of my favorite and most concise ways of asking questions is just to repeat back a key word so i don't know one of your friends says i just feel like the world is dangerous you could just use a bit of upward intonation at the end say dangerous and then that then becomes a question rather than um, asking a, a, a more longer question you could it, it's saying to the person tell me more about how you see the world as dangerous and it's really important to stay neutral in your tone and judgment and opinions can come across loud and clear in your tone and also in your body language can't they so if you even just something as simple as saying to someone is that where you're going on holiday is more contentious than tell me about how you decided to go there for your holiday and it's both at the same kind of questions but the the latter one tell me how you decided to go there on holiday is more of a statement isn't it which is going to allow someone to elaborate and give you an answer and it's also important to think about when you're asking your questions don't interrupt the other person just to ask something and I found that really difficult across zoom and teams and even recording the podcast across the internet because when you're in a room with someone or you're sitting close and those natural question breaks appear don't they but it's really hard and you end up with a lot of people talking over the other person because there's that little delay isn't there on, on the connection on online which can make it really difficult and going back out into the world it might be something we have to think about isn't it where how we are communicating with each other in lots of different ways and the final thing to think about attending reflecting asking questions are that they're, they're they're there to help promote deeper connection and connection is one of the most important things between humans and we've been missing that for this last year haven't we and if the tools that we've talked about today aren't working in a situation and you're able to have connection without the tools then don't force anything and and that said don't underestimate them they sound really simple but sometimes we, we do forget the most simple things and these are backed up by research and experience and 
they can help you navigate the unpredictable and uh, the challenging waters of having dialogue with other people. And I think you have to be prepared when we think about um, more serious conversations, when somebody's describing how they're feeling mentally, if it is something more serious, then we have to be recognising our limits as well, that someone might need to seek professional help, that it's it's out of our remit and out of our skill set to, to talk someone and just being present with someone might be enough, but there might also be that chance where they, they do need some kind of professional support to get through whatever situation they're in. And being present and being open will be encouraging to someone to know that you are good at listening to them and be prepared and take it from there. And as I've said before, the the untold scale of the mental health issue we're probably going to have in our country ahead after this last year we just don't know, do we? And it's going to affect people that are close by to us, whether that's colleagues, family members, and just being prepared for those types of conversations. And hopefully some of the things we've talked about will help you to listen. And like I said, just recognize if it is something that does need some some professional help. And I'll put some details of the helplines on the episode notes in case you, you need those to hand to share with anyone. Well, that's it for this week's Table Conversation. And if you're new to joining us at the table, I know we've got a few new listeners since the social media posts. I hope you've enjoyed your experience at the table. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave me a rating or a review if you do have time. And if you found something valuable that you've listened to during this podcast or any of the other ones, then please have a think about it and pick one person that you know in your, your circle of friends or your family that might get something out of it too and drop them a message to share the podcast with them. You don't want to miss the next episode if you've enjoyed this one. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe for free. And if you're on Spotify, then follow the podcast there. Get in touch with me. I've given you the details. Here they are again. You can follow me on Facebook. You can engage with me on Instagram or toss me those tweets on Twitter, all at I am Craig Story. Thank you for listening, as always. And thank you for getting in touch because... I think I've got some of the best people listening to this podcast when you get in touch and you share what you're thinking about what I've spoken about at the table, giving ideas about future subjects to talk about and things that you would like to have a chat around the table with sharing your stories. So a huge thank you for showing up and being you because you're just the best. I'll be back around the table next week. So until then, have a great week and keep talking. Keep talking.